Hey, it's Michael, and this is the Kintsugi Podcast. I'll be back in a minute with today's conversation about resilience. But first, if you're interested in creating a better life, having a better career, please visit kintsugipodcast.com and grab your free workbook on how to have a better life. In it, you'll discover tips and routines so you can find the energy for the things and the people who matter most so you can create a better tomorrow and create the life and career you desire. Hey there, it's Michael, and welcome back to another Kintsugi Podcast, another conversation about resilience. And today we have a special and rare treat for you. It's an interview. Since we're heading into the Thanksgiving holiday, I thought, why not talk about gratitude? We're also studying gratitude in my leadership academy. And I want to introduce you to Chris Palmore. He's the guy behind Gratitude Space. He has an unbelievable story that led him to the power of gratitude. During our interview, I cried, I laughed, I found new perspective and how to implement even more gratitude in my life. We talked about connections and how we met and just that ripple effect that can happen when we show up or tune in with the right type of energy. And gratitude can be that secret sauce, that secret sauce to joy, but that secret sauce to our own energy in terms of how we show up, especially when things seem so dark as we finish up 2020. So take a listen, grab your coffee, grab your tea or your favorite beverage and sit back and listen to Chris and his wisdom all about gratitude. All right, today we have a special guest. So for our Leadership Academy, but if you're listening on the Kintsugi podcast, you know that I don't bring guests on all that frequent, maybe once a month. But this guy is filled with gratitude. And since we're studying gratitude for the month of November, which we really should be practicing it daily, not just studying it in the month of November, I have my friend, Chris Palmore, who is the mastermind, the guru, the expert, the energy, the love behind his gratitude project. And I'm just thrilled to bring him to you and to this Leadership Academy and to all the listeners of the Kintsugi Podcast. So Chris, how's it going, brother? Good to see you. Good, good, OB. Good to see you, man. I, I appreciate that intro. I, uh, you know, Gratitude Space is where you can find me, Gratitude Space Radio. But, uh, you know, I just uh, I just want to be a gratitude composer. That's all I want to do all day long. And we could definitely discuss a little more about that uh, later. But that's that's my, uh, my calling in life to be a gratitude composer. So uh, you're allowing me to... By speaking right now, you're allowing me to do what I love. So I sincere and humble thanks, uh, Mr. Michael O'Brien. No, no problem. So let's get into the gratitude space. So what was that spark? And I'll, I'll ask maybe a follow-up question. What was the spark? But also tell us about it, because I, I, I'm seeing you do a whole bunch. Obviously, you have a podcast, which I've been on. You've been doing pop-ups. There's a book in the works that I want you to talk about because we'll put the link to your upcoming book in the show notes or in the post so people can grab it. So it's a it's a huge deal. But I, I want to start in the beginning. What inspired you to do Gratitude Space? Well, um, the fall of 2013, um, I uh, my birthday was coming up and I actually listened to a podcast by Adam Carolla. And he was talking about how 
really celebrated his birthday. He said that uh, mainly sprung from uh, anybody else in his podcast, he did not have the best parents. But his his main focal thing was that he said that if you want to make you know that it's like a it's like an appreciation trophy, and then if everyone gets it, then there's really there's nothing really special to it. So his idea was, why don't you make it special? And and what he was saying was, you can either make it about an achievement, so it could be say you graduated from something or you got the job on that day, your birthday, you would celebrate that achievement or either make it about something else or someone else. Okay. So that was my thought process. This is, you know, it's my birthday, but let's make it about something else. So I decided in that moment that I wanted to make it about my mother. And I didn't know at the time exactly what that detail was, but he had put this idea in my head. It had resonated probably because my birthday was coming up, right? If my birthday was six months later, it probably would have been forgotten. You know how that is. Uh, but fortunately, it was timing's everything when it comes to these little magic moments, right? And what I, what do we actually hear when we're listening, right? Because there's so much we don't, <laughs> right? All day long. So my birthday came up and I got up really early. It was a time of life when I was just waking up. It was probably four in the morning and I got up and I wrote my mom this gratitude message. And I um, put it on her Facebook page. I wanted, to, I wanted to find it and I wanted to make it public. So those are, that, that was my idea. I wanted to celebrate my mother on my birthday. And I wanted to surprise her with this written gift, which were just my thoughts, you know, put down in public about her and life and what this day means. Um, so I went about my morning and I normally uh, my parents would call me and they'd sing happy birthday to me. That was a normal thing. And mid-morning came around and I didn't get a call. And I, uh, you know, I gave it a little more time, you know, but, and then I was like, okay, I got to call my dad's cell phone number. I can't call my mom. I want that to be a surprise. I can't call the home line. This is when people had home lines. And uh, so I called my dad, uh, got him on the, you know, on the phone number. He, you know, he had a cell phone. He answered the phone. He, he wished me happy birthday. And I thanked him. And I immediately pivoted to had mom read the letter. And he said that she had and that she needed time with it and that she couldn't talk to me right now. And that's completely blew me away. Um, and just to give people a really quick backstory, my mom and I, very close. Uh, I had talked to her the day before. I'm somebody at a very young age that would tell her I love her and kiss her on the cheek in public. So this isn't an estranged. The, the thought process of somebody reading a letter or a note and being like, I, I need time with it. That sounds to me, you know, you, the storyline would be, oh, that's an estranged son. You know, are these are like you're building a bridge that was broken, but that was not it at all. It was just, uh, and that's why it was so powerful that him telling me that and why it really made me take a pause. Um, so, you know, later on, my mom and I talked and it became a moment, you know, a moment in time that we connected where I didn't think we could connect on anything that, you know, we, we talk about 35 years, you know, you, you're pretty connected, especially if you're close with somebody. It isn't like, what is the next, you know, at that point, you think, what is the next pivot point in our relationship, right? You don't have that with a mother of 35 years. You, you have the relationship. It obviously grows. There's no like um, this type of, I don't know, lateral movement doesn't occur. <laughs> uh, are you or you can't ever think of a way for that to happen, you know? <laughs> yeah, there's a limit to how many inflection points you're going to have. Yeah, exactly. Right? So where yeah. it accelerates the relationship to a new new spot. But I, I hear you. Like if you've had this relationship with your mom and then she needed time, that must have put you in in a very unusual space to say like oh yeah wow, like what's like what's going on here it was good that your dad wished you happy birthday but I imagine there was a little bit of curiosity or actually a lot of curiosity and maybe some worry like what why why can't mom connect with me right now 
you know, it was a new experience for one thing. For one thing, you know, it's like when you do do something, you kind of have an idea what the outcome will be. And this is not anywhere in the wheelhouse of the outcome, right? You know, it's like if you put a project together, you, you know, whatever. I, I just was hope. I, my my hope was that my mom would appreciate my thoughts and just know that I love her. I mean, the letter in the note, you know, it says, "I'm going to tell you I love you more this year. I'm going to make you more proud. I'm going to spend more time with you." So there were there were thought processes in the sense that I was saying things like, you know. I have no recollection of this day. This should be your day. You know, you know this day. This day means something to you. You have you have memories of this day. You were planning for this day. There's a lot, you know, um, it should be your day. And I think, um, you know, I think if somebody is close with their parents, I think it's a, a beautiful idea to share it with them. I really do, because it really is, should be your all's day, <laughs> you know? So, but that experience I had was, uh, even talking about to you now, I'm still shocked by the whole thing, uh, that it occurred because it was just, it took me back. So it's like, you think about experiences, right? I like to call it gratitude stacking. I talked about this, you know, thinking about this thing. It's like, I wrote the letter. She read the letter. That's a sit and stack. My dad read the letter. My sister read the letter. When my dad told me that she hadn't had time with it, that was its own memory from the letter. You know what I mean? Like, it's when you decided, I like call it gratitude art. Uh, we're actually creating it right now because we're discussing gratitude in a digital format. This allows, allows people to relate to it and allows other memory, you know, if somebody could listen to this podcast today and then six months from now, they'd listen to it and have a completely different experience just because of who they are and where they are. What's going to resonate? Again, we talk about what do we hear, right? So for example, something in my resume right now, they, the dog could be barking in the other room. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, you know, so... This, these, this stackings was, was occurring but that moment, that moment. So you think about, I wrote it was very simplistic. It was, I didn't think anything of it, right? That first stack was just, I had an idea, but then the ball's rolling. And technically right now in this moment, it's still stacking. It's the only reason we're talking right now, you know? Um, yeah. so it was definitely, you know, it definitely, uh, it was one in, in a many occurrences that have happened that completely changed my life. But that first moment, honestly, was when my dad told me she needs time with it. All right. No, I hear you. I I'm a big believer that the moments in between our moments make up our lives. And to your point, Chris, yeah, that moment, that's the moment that brought us together today, which then is bringing you together with all the listeners out there or all the viewers like that moment. So for me, Sometimes in workshops, I'll ask people to give, you know, share the five essential moments of their lives, but not their wedding day and not even necessarily the day they gave birth to their children. It, it's that moment that leads to that moment. So um, it's just a conversation like, should we have kids like that? And then we make an agreement that we will like those moments. That's that's what happened. So Let's pick up on your story. So then what happened next? Well, you know, that was December 30th of 2013. And I, uh, at the time, I did not, you know, obviously you don't see the, you know, that we'll call that the sunny, that was a sunny day. It was a sunny season, you know, and I didn't know what was about to occur. And four months, the day later, uh, my mom uh, passed away in hospice care with my dad sleeping on the floor next to her. Mm, I'm sorry. So, um, you know, Thanks, man. Thanks. Um, you know, I, my mom was a superwoman. She'd been in remission from cancer for 10 years. Uh, you know, and it just, it came back and, um, it just, uh, you know, metastasized some skin cancer and we don't need to get into the, we'll just say that that's ugly. Um, and 
honestly, when she did pass away at the end, um, I would say it was a relief. Uh, one of the first things I could cling to, great, great, you know, just thinking in gratitude uh, from a negative experience is that she wasn't in any more pain. So, yeah. I mean, there's, there's good, you know, in the book that I have coming out, it talks all about that. Um, there's the amazing thing about these seasons and these times are there are good moments and bad moments. You know, it wasn't all bad moments when she got re-diagnosed. It was not. There were some really, really beautiful moments. And I, I'd like to share one with you just because I, I want to, you know, her doctor, Dr. Williams, could not have been more perfect in loving her and caring for her. And I'll tell you, there are a lot of moments, like I said, in that one season, but I'll tell you one that sticks out to me. It's in my book and I want to share it and I love sharing it. They'd done everything they could do. And I had this, this is the memory, okay? There's Dr. Williams sitting on the bed. There's probably my mom's on the bed. You know, this is at the hospital. Um, my dad's there. I'm there. My sister there, probably my brother-in-law. And this is the moment where he's going to tell my mother, we medically can't do anything more for you, okay? And this is a man who's, who's been with her, held her hands, you know, for years, you know? So this is a friend, you know, he's a doctor, but he's a friend. And this is what he says, because this is right now, this moment I'm telling you about should be a really bad moment, right? Michael, it should, right? It could, it should be the worst, but it's not because this is what he said. He said, he said this, he said, to quote Monty Python, you're not dead yet. He said, we don't mourn the living. We don't mourn the living. And and it was just perfect. It was such a perfect moment to come after we medically can't do anything more for you. You know, um, cause he never wanted to play God for her. He never spoke like I'm your, you know, he's like, he never spoke in death because he doesn't, you know, his whole thing is, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, he would never tell somebody they're going to die, but he would say medically, we can't do anything else. And then he said, you know, I just loved it in that moment. He said, we, we don't mourn the living, you know, and it, you know what, there's time for that app. He didn't, he didn't go into it. You get that, right? It's like, oh, why would oh, I sit here and mourn you? I'll have plenty of time to do that. Once this is complete, you know, but it was so powerful. And I'm so freaking grateful to that man who I even, who, who I have that quote in the book. I tell that story because it's an important story. You know, I wrote him a couple of weeks ago. He did something. Let me speak one more time to this man. Okay. This man's so great. When I started gratitude space, you'll love this. This is a little, I'm getting a little ahead of the thing here. When I started grad and I was letters of gratitude.org and I'm building my website, I'm going to Starbucks at six in the morning, every morning. So I'm working on this website which I'm about to, I'm kind of bypassing the story to tell you about him. Um, there's a guy, I sit, I sit down at six in the morning, I'm sitting down at this table, one of the big tables at Starbucks, and there's a guy there. We start having a conversation. And I don't remember if it was the first time or if it was like two or three days later because I was going there every day. But guess who that happened to be? It happened to be him. No. That was Dr. Williams. I hadn't, I hadn't seen him in a year. And um, I was sitting there with him and... And he didn't even no tell me way. who he was. He, you know, totally. I'm sitting there with him and he, he, I think I, cause I'm, I'm conversation guy. I asked him what he did and he mentioned that he was a cancer doctor. And then, and then we pivoted to me finding out that he was who he was. He, he said he thought that's who I was, but he didn't say anything, but I'm sitting there with him. Right. So I'm telling you this because that was magic. But on top of that, get this. I didn't tell my father about this meeting him, right? So this is the magic, right? So if you can surprise somebody, geez, do it all day long. Okay. Oh, so I yeah. set up where I surprised my dad at dinner with Mr. Dr. Williams at our favorite restaurant. I said, we're going to meet grandma. She's going to show up. And I, and I got him there and made this moment occur. And I'll tell you, dude, I couldn't, I could, if I could afford to do something like that, I never could like, dude, 
we got done with that meeting, right? This thing of my, cause my dad loves him so much. My dad, I'm driving my dad back to his home. He goes, he goes, wow, that was amazing. He said, he said, you know, I think, I think I've only been surprised three times in my life, my entire life. And that was one of them. So wow. that happened. And then he told me about the other two. Okay. So, wow. And I surprised him again on his birthday. I had Dr. Williams do a video on his birthday last month, earlier. Yeah, last month. And when he saw this little video, I knew it. I said, I told Dr. Williams, I said, I said, we got him an Apple TV, but you know he's going to remember about his birthday? Your video. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Love the guy. Oh, we, Love the guy. Hey, we, <laughs> we always tend to remember the memories and experiences, the experiences more so than the stuff. Yeah. So it's that that is that's a great story, Chris. Like I was getting choked up here, just but that you know what what he shared with your mom is just so like there's so even when we're close to death, we have so much more life in us. And one of the one of the hard things about the current day is that you know a lot of people don't see the life within them and. There's so, there's so, there's just so much more to it. When we, to your points, I just want to pick up on some of the things you were dropping is just when we have some space, when we have some awareness to see ourselves, to see others, then we can, we can tap into this, like the magic, if you will, as you said, the magic of life. And then you start seeing Gratitude, not in a sort of a transactional way of like, you know, well, thank you for doing that or thank you for being here. But it's, you see it through all elements, through all the, the moments in between the moments, if you will. So I take it then that this whole experience that you went through as a son, as a man, as, as just as a person with your family, with your mom, that led you to create gratitude space and help others also see gratitude in their moments. Is that correct? That, that's correct. Yeah. What, what happened in the, now that I've gotten forward in the story to go back is, you know, 2014 was a really rough, yeah, rough year. And when the end of the year came around, my birthday came up again. And I decided that I wanted to create this moment again. I wanted to do this experiment, mind you, again. Right. So I wrote a letter for my dad. And it was a completely different letter from the year before because of obviously uh, the trauma that we'd gone through been losing my mother. And honestly, you know, look, looking back at that, you know, I've had a lot of thoughts about this. And I'll tell you one of the reasons I really, there's a lot of reasons I love my father, but I'll tell you one of the reasons I really love him is when I think of that experience with my mother, I, I, what he, I, the most traumatic moment in that whole thing was actually when my, when the doctor told him alone with other nurses, what he was going to be telling my mom in that story I told you before. Okay because they were worried about what he physically was going to do, uh, how his body was going to react to it. And I'm only telling you that because seeing his pain allowed me to put mine in perspective. Now, at the time, I didn't know that. But bottom line is, to me, she, I lost my mother, right? But he lost like his wife. That was his life. You know, um, it's very different. It's totally different. Um, you know, like that was his whole life. She was my mother, yeah. but that's, she was not my whole life. You know, I was, oh, absolutely. that's not, you know, so just the perspective again, I think one of the keys to like gratitude is perspective and putting yourself in perspective of things, you know? Um, and he allowed me to have perspective in that moment and it allows me. And then, and then appreciation on top of that. Right. You know, 
there's a lot of lifelong partners. The other one dies a couple months later. That could happen. He chose, you know, I tell him he's my hero. He chose to live. He still gets up. He still laughs. He didn't, you know, allow that incredibly traumatic moment to, to end his life, you know, which obviously she would never want anyways. So anyways, uh, moving forward, I wrote this letter. It had a very similar ex- experience. It, it, it made a connection, made a moment. Obviously, we're talking about it right now. And from that, because I did it a second time, I had this spark an idea. What if I could help people? What if I could be a part of having this occur for somebody else? You know, what if I could make, what if I could assist in the magic happening? If I could assist in this connection. So I started asking myself, like, how do you do that? Like, what, what do you have to do? Well, okay, I got to get a website. And then I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to initiate people to write letters. At the time, it was like letters for people on your birthday, writing letters to other people, right? That was the idea. So that's when I got to work and started. My first real gratitude practice was going to Starbucks every day, getting up, thinking about this all day long, sharing my story, literally in the flow state of building a website and thinking about how to do this. And that was my, and that was, that was, uh, that went on for two or three months every day engrossed in this, in this concept, you know, like what you know, how do you do that? And the conversations that came and the relationships that came through that. What I love about your story is like, just the letter writing on your birthday. It's, it's such a great we over me or, you know, we greater than me type of act. And, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on. Just the whole like reaching out to others and making it about that other person in the moment. I think it's is so essential right now because we need to be able to connection, be connecting with other people. That's the only way through while we're this lived experience that we're all going through this year is that we're not going to be able to do it alone. Anything worth doing is really almost impossible to do it alone. And we need some form of connection. You know, as cliche as it sounds, you know, we're better together. But the only way we can be better together is that when we see each other, hear each other, and connect with each other. And we make the the greater us much bigger than just ourselves. And that's I, I just love the energy that Gratitude Space has because that's what you're doing um, through all the work. And you're making these connections that you've... Um, you, you didn't have like five years ago or last year and, and you continue to layer, you know, sort of your layering, if you will, of gratitude. It just gets richer and richer and richer. The more your ripple goes out into the universe. So, yeah, thanks. Man. Yeah. I, like, I, like out of curiosity, Oh, and I sort of spoke about this during my last blog post. How do you see the intersection between gratitude and thanks or gratitude and thankfulness? Do you see them as one and the same? Are they different to you? How do you see the difference between those those two actions, giving thanks and then, you know, being grateful? Uh, you know, I, I appreciate you asking that because I actually hadn't given it much thought until you asked it. And I'm glad you sent me the question earlier because I, I got to give it a little more thought. Um, I think being grateful is a, is a state of being. And giving thanks is an action. So giving thanks and being thankful would be would be an occurrence that comes out of a grateful heart. So it's it's an action of someone that's grateful. But being grateful is a state where being thankful to some you you have to be your your thanks is going for something specifically to something. Um, I think it's a it's an action of a grateful heart is to verbalize, which is giving thanks or being thankful. You know, and there's different ways to show that. So, you know. 
bottom line, you know, for example, gratitude, anybody can have gratitude all day long by themselves sitting in a room. Um, you don't need, you don't, you, you know, you can sit around and think what you're grateful for. Now, if you want to be thankful at that point, you're going to kind of have to reach out and like, I feel like, like I said, it's an action. So um, if it's somebody opening the door for you going to building, it, it's, it's saying thanks and looking at them. There's, there's surface level, level gratitude also, which is reflexive, which um, there's ways to make that personal opposed to re- reflex. You know, so for instance, if somebody were to open the door for you, you could say, thank you for opening the door for me. So make it personal. Or if you're going through a checkout line, instead of this, the thanks, you know, I'm sure you know this, you probably do it, you know, looking at the person in the eye saying, thank you. Or I do my best to find out their names there and at least personalize saying, you know, thanks, Jane, for taking care of me. You know, or thank, thanks, you know, you know, personalizing. So again, people seeing people, this is a, you and I haven't talked about this, but this thing's been occurring back and forth to me. You know, there's a really great thing. It's a great thing to to be grateful and to say what you're grateful for, but being a catalyst for gratitude is massive. And that's basically everything I'm doing with Gratitude Space. Everything is just being what I call a gratitude composer, but it's being a catalyst for gratitude. And there's a lot of ways to be a catalyst for gratitude. Just seeing somebody and allowing them to know you see them is being a catalyst for gratitude. Kindness is a massive catalyst for gratitude. Obviously, if someone's hungry, feeding them, again, saying thank you. These are all catalysts. So if you want to, you know, if somebody really wants to dive, dive into gratitude, take it, you know, gratitude, you know, the, the phrase from my friend Kevin Monroe is like, you know, gratitude is better together. And that's what being a catalyst is, is, is actually going out and initiating somebody, making a moment for somebody they can be grateful for. And that's so easy. It's so easy. And it's intentional. So if you make it intentional, it's part of your practice. And you can know that's what's occurring. And it allows you, again, when you, you know this, when you're helping other people, and that could just be giving someone space, you're not thinking about your problems. <laughs> you actually come to the present moment, which gratitude gifts you. Gratitude can gift us the present moment, which all there is. The future's not here. When it gets here, it will not be the future. The past is gone. This is literally all we have. It allows you to be present. It's a powerful thing. And you can, when you can assist, be a catalyst for gratitude to someone else, it's so much better for everybody, more so you. It's again, the giver, right? Absolutely. I, I know you like refer to yourself as the composer. I like to think of you as this, like this perfect rock. I imagine you did this growing up, maybe still do. I know I still do. I certainly did it growing up. But one of my favorite activities, my grandmother had this like farmhouse in rural New Hampshire and we'd go up and there, there'd be, there's a pond in the back of this property where we, you know, you can collect, you know, fish for trout and stuff like that. But I would go there and I would just search for hours for like those perfect stones to skip in the pond and then try to see how many ripples I could get, right? Or how many times it could like skip. And what I see in your work is you're like that perfect stone, like skipping through the water and then the ripple goes out and, and it just, it's a beautiful, abundant anabolic energy that just has a way of connecting people. And I know you feel this way. You're connecting with people that you'll probably never meet, but you know through your action, through your composing, that you're slowly but surely changing the world, allowing people to be, or giving people permission to be in the moment. Because to your point, it's the only thing we have. We're so hung up on regret of yesterday or anxiety about the future, and we're not living in the present. It's such such a waste of life. So, you know, and I want to get to sort of like what we've gone through this year, this collective experience, really, 
across the planet, although not everyone's lived it in the same way. Certainly, we've we've lived it in our own way here in the States, for anyone listening here in the States. And I, I can feel the heaviness as we get into November. I mean, it's, I think a lot of people were hoping that this would all be done by now. And I think what we're realizing with COVID starting to rebound again, that we might only be at halftime. So I could feel the heaviness in the air. And obviously there's other things going on like post-election stuff. We still have equity and equality issues, environment. There's a whole bunch of factors, economic. So how can we find gratitude when everything looks so dark, when everything looks so heavy? Like what advice do you have for those watching or those listening? Because in the spirit that we go where our eyes go right now, our attention is on like a lot of the stuff that ain't so great right now. That's how we're labeling it, you know, because all the events in our life are neutral until we label them. So, and it just gets so heavy in the moment that we wonder that like, do we have, do we have the stamina? Do we have the endurance? Can we endure? Can we get through this? And I know a lot of people that might be listening could have their doubts. Like, I don't know, like, do I have the power? What counsel do you have to them in trying to help them find gratitude in this moment that it's dark, literally and, and figuratively, because we're running out of daylight each day, at least as we get to the tail end of December. <laughs> this is, I'm trying to phrase this the correct way. I was talking to my mentor months back and he's like, you know, he's like, you could totally feel like the entire world is conspiring against you to be grateful. Like they don't want the entire world is, is sitting there going, don't be grateful. You need to be ungrateful. The entire world, all day long, you could think that. And the the magic or the and and the the amazing thing in that moment is, and what I love about gratitude is it's just a choice. It's a choice you have to make. It's a choice you get to make. So even though everything could be going, be ungrateful, be ungrateful, be ungrateful, you've got stuff to be grateful for. And you can choose in the moment to focus on those things. You know, on top of that, you know, I like to think that nothing's permanent. Tomorrow's a new day. Uh, you don't, you know, think again, this is us, this is us composed, us thinking the future's here and living in the future. Worry, I do, obviously, I, I do my best thinking when I'm not worrying. I'm more clear headed when I'm not worrying. I'm more present when I'm not worrying. When big things are going on with me, I go, okay, what can I personally do? And then if I've done it, I let it go. So, for example, and I don't want to get talk about politics, but with the election, I voted, and that's my that's my say, and I let it go. It's so you know, I just that's my that's my throwing letting the bird fly in the wind. You know, I did what I could, you know, and that's fine, you know, and and I'm not going to worry about the outcome because I have no, you know what I mean? Like I I won't, I I just don't want to worry. And then if I have control, whatever I have control over, I can do things about. Um, and I wanted to sidestep back really quick. I really liked your analogy of you looking for rocks on the beach and throwing them. I just wanted to speak to this real quick because it made me think about, you know, everything I've been doing. So initially it was letter writing and it was collecting videos and it was doing long form interviews. Now it's the podcast, which is audio and video. Uh, it's gratitude pop-ups, which are actually going out and getting videos. It's going to be gratitude experiences on Zoom and these podcasts and then the book. Okay. So all I'm doing to go to your metaphors, I'm literally continuing to walk down this beach and I'm looking at these different rocks because these are all different ways to incorporate and compose gratitude and be a conductor. I'm just, I'm just looking going, what is the, what is the easy, which one's going to be the easiest way to do this? 
And that's all I've been doing. And I'm going to continue doing it. And I get excited. I get excited of all the new ways I'm finding and I'm testing out. I know I just kind of side back. I just wanted your, your analogy. I just wanted no, to thank I, you for that. I because love that. It, it made me think I'm literally, that's what I'm doing. I'm looking, what is the smoothest? I continually go, what is the smoothest stone? You don't know until you throw it. well if we want to pull that thread a little bit further and just like geek out on skipping stones is that sometimes we pick up a stone we think this one's the perfect one and then we toss it out there and it skips twice and it sinks and then other times we pick up a stone that may look well somewhat unattractive in terms of stone skipping and all of a right. sudden we send it out there and it skips like eight times. So there's there's so much to that, right? So one is it, you, you never truly know. It's not necessarily right. all in the stone. It's also in that moment in time and our form and how we throw it and wind conditions. And there's a lot that goes into it. But the one thing that's for certain, if you don't throw at least a stone in the water, you never know. There's no shot of anything rippling. I mean, sort of going back, we'll play, uh, we'll weave in a hockey analogy from the great Wayne Gretzky. You know, he, he said he misses 100% of the shots he doesn't take. So, right. you know, and we miss 100% of our opportunities to spread gratitude when we don't spread gratitude. Like, we, like in order, the way to spread it, the way to make this something that weaves into all of our lives, because I think it's got to be more than just Thanksgiving here in the States or any other type of gratitude holiday in other countries, it should be a daily intention. You know, for us to create the lives and the careers that we want, it's about showing up, asking ourselves these questions. How do I wish to be today? What do I wish to do? And what do I wish to have more of? So deciding I'm going to be grateful today, then you end up doing the things that grateful people do. And at the end of the day, you have more gratitude out there in the universe out there in your life. Uh, so I, you know, I love that. So I love how you, so I, I love how you riffed off of like a simple activity as, as a youth in New Hampshire, just skipping stones. So uh, I think, I think it's great. Yeah. Well, I mean, intentions, yeah. intentions, such a big deal. And again, you know, I remember reading another book on gratitude and he's like, just go out today and look for things that are blue. You know, he's like, if you just put the intention, I'm going to look around for things I'm grateful for. I'm going to find five things today that I'm grateful for that I just don't normally notice. Like if you just put the intention out there, you're going to find it and it's going to make you feel better and you're going to be happier. You're not going to, you know, and in those moments you're, you're going to be content because, Oh, look, you're going to, that's your thought process at the moment. Oh, I am grateful for that. You know, um, our friend Bobby said something beautiful months back. He's like, he said, if you can wake up and the first thought is I'm grateful to be alive, you're going to have a good day. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like start with your heartbeat. If you have, if you can't think of anything, start with your heartbeat. Then you can expand from there. Simply go, okay, why is this heartbeat working? Okay. Well, I've got clean oxygen. I got oxygen. I'm actually breathing well enough to bring oxygen into my body to, you know, the blood circulate. There's, there's so much going on working here all the time that we have no control over. <laughs> then we go to sleep. I mean, geez, if you just want, I mean, all the things that work just so you can walk around, right? Think about your fingers, right? What are your fingers didn't work? What, what would you not be able to do today? You know, I mean, there's a lot of things, you know, I think about these things and there's things to be grateful for, you know, I mean, they're not givens. It's not a given that you're always going to be able to walk. It's not a given that your hands work. It's not a given that you can see color, right? Think about how cool it is to see color. Think about that, I know. right? When you go out, it's, it's, a, and 
I've had it all my life, but I don't think about it every time I open my eyes, but I should. I should think about it more because, man, the seeing the sunrise is completely different if it was black and white. And that's a given, right? It's a given to me that people just, you know, there's so much, man. It is, well, it's a, it's a given and with given, sometimes it's so easy to take them for granted, you know, and yeah. I, I know this before my accident, I took my health for granted, something as precious as your health. And I think right. we've been reminded this year how precious life is. And going back to your comment about Bobby, just that, that gratitude for that first breath, obviously, you know, I'd like geek out with hold, pause, breathe and reflect, but that first breath of the day, it's like, all right. We've got a whole bunch of different possibilities. And I love, I, I just love what you shared in terms of just like looking for it. So I wanted to ask you just, you know, I know that many people have a, a formal gratitude practice. They might write in the journal in the morning. They might write in their journal before bed. But the sense I get, which are, I think, great practices, love to get your take on that. But what I get from you, Chris, is that you're just looking for moments of gratitude throughout every moment of the day so it becomes just part of your being as opposed to transactional like or or a to-do it's just like it's who you are versus a a thing to check off on your to-do list today yeah and, and you know speaking to somebody you know if, if somebody were talking to me like what you know obviously there's baby steps and then there's you know just like anything like an athlete or any profession you know if you're going to get started I, I the most simplistic thing is just make a decision to write down three to five things you're grateful for in the morning, every morning, you know, for a month. I, I just, they're baby steps, right? Um, I think that's a beautiful place to start. I think it's the most simplistic because if, for example, someone who can't spare one minute in the morning, they really don't care about this practice. So uh, if you can spare one minute the next 21 days, just to write down and use paper and a pen, because I want you to keep it, you know, you, uh, I want you, you know, it's, it's the physicality. I think that's massive. Now, when I talk to people when I'm, I'm working on coaching people, you know, that's where you would start, but your second intermediate, like, so that's great. But then what I really want to do, what I really love is I want to give gratitude and actual feeling and emotion. So the problem with the three things, when I go, I'm grateful for my coffee, there's literally no emotion behind that. <laughs> so don't get me wrong, baby steps, right? It's great. I'm not down with it, but you know, if I was coaching somebody and I want to get them in and, and honestly with the coaching, it's more or less, you need to commit to somebody to do this. And I want you to share it with me. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's part of the getting somebody to do something. Some people don't need that. Maybe they can use their spouse or their wife. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Um, but let's take this for, let's take this a step further. So phase two would be, let's get some emotion behind it. So when I say coffee, I'm grateful for my coffee. Okay. Why am I grateful for my coffee? Now, the great thing is, is great for coffee is one thing I'm grateful for, but there's actually a massive amount of different things I'm grateful for there. So, for example, these coffee beans, they actually traveled here from Colombia from my, with my wife, who I'm marrying here in the next week, from Colombia. It's Juan Valdez, their beans. Um, that came from there. Now, let's take a little further. Okay, I have a really great coffee maker that actually grinds the beans and brews the coffee, and it keeps it warm. It's not on a burner. So that's really nice. I have really great coconut oil. I've got cream I can put in there, right? It stays warm for like 12 hours. Let's go far. You know, so I'm giving you emotion. These are all different things yeah. I'm grateful for. I've got, I've got water that's come to our city has great water, but I also purify that. So not only I have water that's healthy coming into the home, but we go down the water hole, you know, you know, that one, it's like, well, somebody's purifying this. The fact that it exists, I have to have it to exist. I also have an extra filter I'm using it, which is great. I can afford to use extra filtration, you know, um, you know, there's, 
And then you go, okay, I got cups. I have cups too. You know, I've, I've got cups that have different memories to me. If it says Columbia on it, or it's a Christmas cup or, you know what I mean? Like, and then you go further. I, I got this great desk, right? I'm not, I'm only at this coffee. I'm sitting at this great desk. I've got this, got this great computer. I'm sitting here talking to Michael O'Brien. I got my coffee, right? There's a lot of emotion behind that. That's a lot of things. And I think I only scratched the surface, just the thought process surface, right? Of why I'm grateful for my coffee. I mean, geez, you know, yeah. I could go further going. I was reading this morning, drinking my coffee. I got to read this amazing book, right? I have time to read, right? Um, you know, then you can think how many times you've sat down with somebody who had coffee, right? You can think of times when I was young at Denny's, right? With my friends, no care in the world, bottomless cups, you know, or, you know, you're at the airport, you're about to travel. You know what I mean? I'm just, I I'm just saying it. you want to, if somebody, you could take your three things, coffee, books, exercise, and you could go down a wormhole and actually get emotion attached to it. And you get excited because yeah, I know. I love that's, it. that's where it is. That's where that's it. where the power of gratitude is. Let's feel gratitude. No, let's just speak gratitude. Let's feel it. And you can do that by yourself. And that's phase two. But phase three, and, I'll, and I know we only have so much time, is phase three to me is the pinnacle uh, of the gratitude experience is being a, uh, being a conductor, being a catalyst for gratitude. And that means going out and creating a space for people to be grateful for. And with me, honestly, it's very simple. Cutting right to the chases. I meet people. I converse with them. And then I ask them, Simplistically, I go, who in your life are you grateful for? And I could do that because of who I am and I'm very comfortable doing it. But you don't have to go out there and do it if you're not comfortable. You can just go out and pay attention to people, make the space for gratitude to exist, be kind, you know? Um, and that, honestly, you can't, the reason that's the pinnacle is you cannot do that by yourself. I can't sit here alone and that's it. Gratitude is better together. And that is that connection you can make in that moment. Those are, you're creating memories and moments, real connections in gratitude. So, okay. I know I'm just, I love, I love that. I love like uh, what all, all of what you just threw out and threw down. You know, I know you had AJ Jacobs on gratitude space. You know, as you were riffing on coffee, but right there, it's just like, oh, right. yeah, we, you know, like he went deep on which excellent read, excellent Ted talk to, to watch and listen to your conversation with Thanks him. A thousand. I, He's yeah. got a quote on my book, actually. My book, the cover quote is from him. That's how great he is and how much I love me some AJ Jacobs. Yeah, AJ Jacobs, he's like a good dude. He like he's we studied his book a couple of years ago and he signed all the copies. I went to the coffee shop where mm. his journey with coffee started. So, but what I oh love is just one. Yeah. So he was total, as we say in New York, a total mensch. So total mensch. Yeah. So, but it's really getting deeper getting into the emotions i love what you're saying there because emotions drive behavior but that third step is like making it about other people so i have to ask so who in your life are you grateful for right now i am so grateful for my fiance who's sleeping in the other room right now um she um she loved me and we've been together four years uh she loved me enough to get engaged with me and to leave her entire civilization of South America to come be with me. And I can't, I don't think I could ever ask anybody to do that, even though I did ask her to marry me. But um, the fact that she did it and that she's here and that she gives me this love that I just, I feel like I, as much as I, I just don't feel like I deserve it. You know, it's just, it's so, it's so pure. Uh, she allows me to be in the present moment. She allows me to appreciate things, allows me to be silly. Um, and I am so, so grateful for her. Um, I, she, is, she is a gift, and I, I, I 
I do my best to just continue to remember that even this morning I'm in my journal, I get, I get to wake up next to Rosio. And I, and I hope that I keep that in there always. So I need to keep reminding myself that that is a gift. Having somebody that loves you in your life is such a freaking gift. Um, so I want to decide, thank you for that. Cause you know, I love doing that, <laughs> but I wanted to, I wanted to step back one last thing and say about this emotional thing. You can take it. I call it gratitude cube. So that's the taking the me talking about the coffee. Um, you can do this with relationships and, and people in your life too. So the, and I love doing this, right? Cause then you see, the, so let's think about, you know, Michael and I know each other, right? But we know each other. This is a great way of dealing deep into gratitude. I'm grateful for Michael's or for Michael and his friendship, obviously for a lot of reasons, but I'm also very grateful to my friend, Bobby Kuntz who introduced us. So what you start thinking is, you know, where do these connections happen? What had to happen for this to happen and that to happen? You know, you start thinking about all these little things that had to come into play that allowed you to be sitting in front of the person in front of you, right? And that's, and that's a way of reaching into your past and thinking about how grateful you are that different moments occur. So we want to go way back, right? I, I have to be grateful for all the stuff I went through with my mother, right? I have to because I'm right here. If you're grateful in the moment, then you're going to say it's okay that all the other things happen to get to this moment if you are really grateful for the moment. And I am grateful for this moment. So I'm grateful it all occurred, the good and the bad. Um, but leading up to, you know, all that happened, Bobby, I think I was through Twitter years ago. Bobby and I lost touch. We got back in touch. You know, he, he's been a great mentor and friend. And then he goes, I, I start talking about people in an interview and he mentions, he's like, well, I need to connect you with my friend, Michael O'Brien, you know, and, and, and then, and then, you know, you do the, you do the interview with me for my website. Then you hold my hand on my first podcast, you know, you, uh, you've been great for advice. You got, you wrote for my book. You got, you introduced me to people to write for the book. So you were a catalyst. You were a catalyst for my book, which we're almost about to get to. I know we're running out of time. Um, no, we're good. And then, you know, um, and then um, what's the other thing? One of, you, you're, you said, I, I wrote you, said, I'm, I'm launching Graduate Space, a nonprofit. Would you be on the board? You said, yes. So, I mean, like, geez, how much do I, so not only do I love you, but how much do I have to be grateful to Bobby for? Oh, well, <laughs> right. Like, and, okay. So <laughs> you well, go ahead. Well, We'll get, we'll geek out. So one, I just want to say, uh, early congratulations on getting married. And as someone who's been married 26 years, you, you, you keep her in your life when you wake up every day, being grateful that she's right there beside you as you wake up and be intentional about making sure that the love never dies. You know, like, like that's, that's, that's how you put together, like, how do you stay married for 26 years? Like day by day by day, moment by moment by moment with intentionality, like we're a partner in this through thick and thin, good and bad, sickness and health. You know, like you live the vows that you say, you know, that's, that's how it happens. So I just, so I, I love that. But, you know, really when, you know, I think of, in that moment of Bobby, Bobby, like, you know, I had my accident and I had then my recovery and I went back to work. And then through that recovery, I got into a position at my company where then Bobby became part of my team. And then I decided like, just because I got back to my bike, trying to do other things that made a difference with others through cycling, hence the Pan Mass Challenge. And then there were some other people that we know at the company that really were the people that reached out to Bobby say, Hey, you should do this, which he wrote his book about. But if he had said no to that, because those other people, they may not have asked him, he may have said no, then Bobby 
may have been like, I loved all my reps that I had on my team, but I didn't know all of them very well or intimately. So like all those different, this is, this is the magic of the moments in between our moments. Like we love to make a big deal about the big moment, but like the, the wedding day moment, if you will, but it's like all these wonderful moments that lead up to the wedding day. The wedding day is just another moment. And for us, it's sort of just slow it down, pause, breathe, and reflect on all the wonderful moments that lead to these other magical moments. But the trouble is, this is, this is my like little rant about life today, is that we are too busy on our hamster wheel and we can't see those moments. And think about how many other moments we're missing that can build connection, that can build, you know, into more gratitude space, into love, into kindness, that can create moments that are downstream. Like my accident happened in 2001. Your events happened, you know, five, six, seven years ago. Like the, the connection with Bobby, like it just sort of moves along. And when we have more awareness of the life that we're living, more intentionality, more being, then we are in a better position to create the life and therefore the career that we we desire and make a difference in other people. Because I believe that's why we're all on this planet is to say, hey, you know, I'm going to put a little bit more love in your life. And then you're going to take that and put a little bit more love into someone else's life. And then good things happen. I'd much rather see that ripple than fear and worry and anxiety and hatred and divisiveness and judgment that seems to be an easy commodity or currency to spread right now. So, um, so I want to get, okay, we'll end here in a couple of different questions. So one, besides gratitude, I just love resilience. So I have to ask you, how would you finish the sentence? Resilience is? Never officially giving up. And when can we get that book of yours? Uh, the book will be coming out the week of Thanksgiving, which is the same week of my wedding and obviously of Thanksgiving. So there's the, that week's going to be a massive, uh, massive spillover. It's called Dear Gratitude and Anthology. Uh, I also wanted to gift your, uh, your team and your listeners a taste of the book. So there'll be a web link. Uh, it'll be gratitudespace.com forward slash thank you that we can put in the show notes. They'll, um, if they give me their email, I'll basically send them uh, a section of the book. And I'm also going to read that section. So to give you a couple, a couple things, um, I wanted to tell you that I, I loved you sharing more about the story about Bobby. And pe again, people have so much to be grateful for in these moments. And that's what we're talking about. So think about this, right? If you hadn't had your accident, you never would have reconnected with Bobby. Um, he wouldn't have been the person he was to connect with me and we wouldn't be sitting here. If my mom would have passed away and I hadn't written that letter, or if I hadn't decided that letter meant something, we wouldn't be sitting here. There's so many, but you just shared like, that's what people need to understand. If they can be grateful in the moment, they're watching this right now. And they're like, I'm grateful I'm watching this. Think about what had to occur and build some memories and emotion and go, I'm grateful. Like, you know, obviously whoever came to, you know, knows you, I'm sure they have a, they have a whole story there. Right. And think about that and share it with, you know what I mean? Like talk about it. Cause it gets, life feels magical. Then I want, I want to feel like life is magical. That's my choice. You know what I mean? It's a choice. And anybody can have that choice. You can say, there's no magic in my life. Okay. I believe you. Or you can go, my life is magical. And when we talk about you and me meeting and Bobby and your accident and my mom passing away and the buy all that stuff, like, and then Bobby's backstory too, right? Think about that. We know that too, right? There's so much going on and it's magical that we're all friends and that we've all connected and we're, we're here. We are in this moment. It's completely, it's, there's so much gratitude, man. Just, 
take a step back when we give ourselves permission to take a step back from the churn of the hustle and grind. And we think back like, whoa, whether it's like universe, mother nature, father, sky, God, whomever, it's like, like people show up in our lives for a reason. And sometimes we just, we're not paying attention. We miss the people who are showing up. But when you live life with more awareness, you can see those moments and then you can make stronger connections. It's, you know, the, the people that I know have showed up in your life, Chris, have showed up in mine. Just, you know, that, that's what makes life so rich. And, you know, sometimes people show up and they're not necessarily like our cup of tea for right now. That's a little bit of like, maybe we look at that through a lens of judgment, like what's up with them. But, you know, if we even take a step back there, there's sometimes they show up for a particular reason. We can be grateful for that. We can be grateful for some of those tough relationships too, because they can shine a light on some of the really great qualities of our good one. And, you know, sometimes like this moment, sometimes you got to stand a little bit well closer to the darkness to appreciate the light. Sometimes you got to go through the muck in order to have the beautiful lotus flower to, to appear and to bloom. And I'm glad that the world has someone like you helping others get through this moment known as 2020 and beyond. And I'm so thrilled for all of your success and your upcoming marriage. And I can't wait to see what 2021 brings, brings to you and all those in your Peloton and how you're going to help us step into this moment and be grateful, like current, current day, current moment. And slowly but surely we, you get to change the world. So thank you for that, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. You, uh, you know, encouraging gratitude and being the catalyst. It's, it's what, uh, it excites me more than anything in my entire life. It, it is literally the dragon I chase. So you've allowed me to the platform to speak and talk about gratitude this morning. And, uh, which is, so thank you for allowing me to do what brings me the most joy that I get. So I, I don't, you know, other than saying that, I don't know what else I can say, man. You're awesome. All right. Well, um, go get married. And of course, um, have fun storming the castle, brother. Talk to you soon. I will. Thanks, man. Bye. I could have talked to Chris probably for three more hours. Just love the guy. Such a big hearted man. And I loved his approach to gratitude. I found gratitude when I was recovering from my accident, my last bad day, as I call it. And it really helped me see what was working in my life, what I still had and could do instead of just focusing on everything I lost or couldn't do anymore. Gratitude was that great counterbalance. And what started as a morning ritual became an evening ritual. Now, much like Chris, I weave it throughout my day. And that helps me manage my energy better. Because after all, we're all energy. We're all part of nature. And how we tune in to each other or show up for each other or show up for those Zooms that we have to do, they matter so much in terms of our overall satisfaction with life, the overall satisfaction that we'll get out of our career, and the ripple we make. What type of ripple do we wish to send out there? Into the community, into the universe, if you will. So gratitude can be your secret sauce. And I hope by listening to Chris and his perspective and his story, that you'll try on a little bit more gratitude this holiday season. And my hope is it goes far beyond just Thanksgiving or far beyond the whole holiday season. 
I hope it's something that you try to incorporate into your lives each and every day, multiple times a day as we head into 2021. I think that's how we create a better normal. So with that, if you have any questions about gratitude, just head over to kintsukipodcast.com or my main website, which is michaelobrienshift.com. Place your question there and I'll get you an answer as quickly as possible. And another thing, as we head into the holiday shopping season, so if you want to grab any pause, breathe, and reflect gear or get a discount on my memoir shift and that book, all the proceeds go to a wonderful organization that I'm grateful for called World Bicycle Relief. They help girls conquer the challenge of distance by giving them a bicycle. It helps them stay in school longer. It's a big empowerment tool. That bicycle is freedom to them. It's independence. So you can go to my website, michaelobrienshift.com, and you can use the code Kintsugi to get 10% off any of your purchases on that memoir shift or any of your pause, breathe, and reflect gear. T-shirt, a sweatshirt that's entirely made in the USA, which is very rare because I imagine you don't have anything that's made in the USA in your closet, but you can have a pause, breathe, and reflect sweatshirt or our two caps or baseball hats. So with that, thank you for listening as always. Thank you for being part of our Peloton. Remember, your scars are your beautiful. We all have them. We are all perfectly imperfect. And I just want to say I'm grateful that you've been along on this ride since we started the Kintsugi podcast back in March. And for those in the States, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. For those across the world, I wish you a bit of gratitude as well, because we've gone through a lot this year, but there's still much to be grateful for because we still have each other. You got this, I got you, and we got each other. And with that, I will encourage you to pause, breathe, and reflect. And of course, have fun storming the castle. We'll talk to you next week.